Traveling the Vortex. We join the doctors as they travel the vortex and arrive at episode 495, where sonic screwdrivers trump robot butler every time. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. How about you? Not you, too shabby. Did you guys do anything this week? Fun? Watch anything this week? Read anything this week? What you been? What have you been reading, Keith? Uh, I've been <laughs> dipping into the comics for Star Wars because I'm waiting for the next Thrawn book to become available. Oh. Um, I read the first volume or the the Darth Maul volume, just labeled Darth Maul. Uh huh. And I thought that was good. Uh. And I've just been kind of picking and choosing based off of what I can get from the library and on Amazon. But I've now into a tear of Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. That's a good which series. Takes, yeah, it takes place directly after Revenge of the Sith, and it is so good so far. I'm already into Volume 3. Yeah, I think and, I, read, yeah. I read Volume 1 because I think that one, I think there are more of them are available now, but at the time that I read it, that was the one of the only ones that was available on the free prime reading stuff. So, Oh yeah. And it, it was, and then two, three and four are not on Amazon prime reading, but you can get them through hoopla. Oh, okay. So that I think that's been, all of them. That may have been why I didn't go on. Cause that was the only one. So yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I highly recommend you going on, especially if you enjoyed volume one. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just, I had, didn't move on after I, I think I was kind of hoping that the other ones would show up and and a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm reading you know Star Wars stuff on there it'll it'll say recommendations for you and, and I, I just assumed it would show up in a recommendations and it didn't for a long time and I think I finally went and looked and I was like well I guess I'll have to wait until it shows up yeah I noticed when I was looking that there's a lot of volume ones available on prime reading and not a lot of really? volume further volumes they want to get you hooked <laughs> yeah you get hooked I mean, on the first one and then you... you can get a lot of them yeah but then you're paying monthly so <laughs> yeah cool sean do you read anything watch anything um i'm stalling I because anything. i didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> we had a pretty low-key uh, uh memorial day weekend um didn't do much but shy and i have been on a tear of looney tunes cartoons recently Oh yeah. Uh, thanks to the joys of HBO Max. And I discovered something fascinating. And I think maybe I knew this as, as a kid growing up, but never really put the pieces together and didn't do the deep dive into it. So we watched one called Rhapsody Rabbit, where Bugs uh, plays piano in a concert venue and is disrupted by a mouse. And it's, uh, I had to look it up. It's the uh, second Hungarian Rhapsody, but it's the song that goes dun 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 dun. You know that one. Yep. And so he plays it, and there's this mouse, and the mouse keeps interfering with the concert and and screws everything up. And I'm sitting there watching this, and I've seen this cartoon, I don't know, half a dozen times. And and this one, it's just it stuck out at me this time, and I was like, why why is this familiar? But yet, it's not because I've seen it, but it's familiar because, like, I feel like I just watched it, and I know I haven't. So did a little research and did not realize that there is a Tom and Jerry cartoon where Tom is playing piano, 
and happens to be playing the second Hungarian Rhapsody, and Jerry messes everything up. Yeah, it's funny you just started that story, and I thought, that wasn't a Bugs Bunny, that was a Tom and Jerry cartoon. And you've (laughs) revealed now that I was right, and you're right, too. Apparently, they came out less than six months apart from each other, and there was a big brouhaha about it, because they were both nominated for the Academy Award for short film. Short anime, well, I think it was just short short story, I think at that time is what it was called. Um, but the uh, the Academy process, when they sent them off for voting, uh, they ran them in alphabetical order. So everybody saw Cat Concerto first and loved it, and it won the Oscar. And when Rhapsody Rabbit came along later in the rotation, everybody's like, we just saw this, nobody cares. <laughs> and Warner was accused of plagiarizing, and Warner came back and said, no, 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 no. When we sent the print off to Technicolor, they sent it to MGM and they copied it. Now, Warner has the the backing because they released first. But I'm looking at the structure of this cartoon and it feels Tom and Jerry. They're, you know, the, just the, 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 the mouse dynamic with, with bugs and even the jokes are a little more mean-spirited and... You know how Bugs kind of has that split personality where he's the practical joker that we all know and love, but then some of the early ones, he's kind of the instigator and a jerk. Uh-huh. And, and he could go either way. Well, this one definitely fits more into the early Bugs, even though it's the character design of the later Bugs, which doesn't jive for me. It just it, it doesn't feel like Bugs Bunny. It doesn't feel like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. And I'm really kind of wondering, I need to do more research into this to find out who came for it. Apparently nobody knows. It's just been this big, the animation studios have been pissed at each other for years because <laughs> of this thing. And I found that I just, I went into this deep dive and got really fascinated by this story of, of you know, which came first. But for my money, I think Tom and Jerry has it first. But I will also freely admit that could be the memory cheats because I may have seen the Tom and Jerry one first as a kid. <laughs> Well, and me, so that's where my impression comes from. Let me add to that that um, Fritz Freeling uh, was the one that uh, uh, directed the Bugs Bunny version, mm-hmm. Rhaps- Rhapsody Rabbit. And Hannah and Barbera are credited for directing uh, the Cat Concerto. And Hannah and Barbera have been, um, what do I want to say? They have been behind the back the yeah they've been behind the back accused of stealing and in fact in the 1970s and 80s they admitted that they just were carbon copying other cartoons now this was in the 70s for you know television for saturday morning television but they were carbon copying a lot of stories just to get the uh the uh, uh cartoons out there before anybody else and so they've been at least accused time before of plagiarism. Now, this would have been many years before a lot of those accusations. But uh, it is interesting that and the story, it does say story uncredited uh, by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera as well. So it, it's it's possible that it could have been in the realm of possibility. Though. Yeah, I don't know. I just that's just one more thing that I would add to it. So. That, that, that is my fascinating story of the week on what I did. <laughs> <laughs> fell down this rabbit hole, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you fell down a cat and mouse hole. It's a, we also Boom. went and saw A Quiet Place 2 in our triumphant return to movie theaters. Yeah, I saw you guys saw it in the theater. How was it? I haven't seen the first right. one, so don't spoil anything. Uh, no spoilers. Uh, it's good. It is probably 
as good as the first one for continuing the world building and, and, and doing what it does. It's different, obviously, because you don't have the gimmick of the first film. But uh, over, overall, I found it to be just about as enjoyable. Now, and it did well at the box office this week, so that's that's encouraging. Holly and I, for the last month and a half, have been saying, oh, we just need, we need to see the first one so we can see the second one. We still haven't. We have still haven't sit down and watched the first one yet. So we'll get You there. so need to watch the first yeah, one. It's so very good. I know. <laughs> Anything else? Well, let's move on to our review of The Time Lord Victorious, Echoes of Extinction. From Big Finish Productions. What do you think? A transmat capsule? Looks more like a depressed cupboard. Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious. Echoes of Extinction. Are you lost, sir? Perpetually. That's usually by design. Edwards. Welcome home, sir. Did you enjoy your massacre? No. They all died too quickly. Find me someone else to kill. Of course, sir. This place should have a security system. Let's see if I can get a look at what we're dealing with. Well, that's odd. I wonder. I'm not sure I like how all the options seem to end in death. That's how life works, sir. You're a coward as a killer, and when you die up there, all alone, no one will care. Thank you for killing them for me. Oh, I'd kill everyone for you. If this thing just wiped out your entire species, it needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped. Ah, oh, hello. Don't move. Oh, brilliant. Barely arrived and someone's already got a gun in the face. What happened here? Impressive, isn't it? Impressive? You find a world littered with skeletons, you think it's impressive, it's obscene? Oriv went silent about a week ago. Oh, this is Oriv. A long dead world? No. Wait, a week ago? What do you mean a week ago? Oriv's been dead for millennia. No. A week? No, definitely millennia. Or a week. Shoot it! <laughs> Captain, it's about this time I start running. Big finish. We love stories. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I quite enjoyed this. What I really yeah, enjoyed about it, and, and not that not that I wouldn't have liked more story, but what I really liked about it was the short nature of it. The fact that one story is 30 minutes and the other story is 30 minutes and they, they kind of loop around each other and, and connect. I know it was intended so you could listen to either side first, but I really don't think that's the case. I would agree. I think agree. you really do need to hear Eighth Doctor before you can go to nine, uh, ten. I would agree, and anybody that's listened to this is going to get spoiled in the story anyway. But if you haven't listened to it yet, I would highly suggest that you start with the eighth and go on to the tenth after that, because I agree. I I I thought back over it after it was done, and I thought, okay. I can see why they say it can be done either way, but it really feels more linear than they're making it. They're making it out to be, and I, I, I agree. I think that that you have to do eight first. It's kind of like all of Time Lord Victorious. You can you can do it in any order, but it's probably better to do it in this specific order. <laughs> Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> 
That's uh, a memo we did not get. I think specifically. I think specifically because of the network about it, the network story arc. I think has to be developed in such a way that you learn about it in the eighth Doctor story, and so when it shows up in the tenth Doctor story, you're already familiar enough with its method and and what it is, so that when it's when it does start um, taking over. The, the crew members or absorbing the crew members or doing whatever it did. Um, it, it, it makes sense to you. Them. Yeah. Duplicating them. And it doesn't have, you don't have, or I guess it was du- duplicating itself within them. And yeah. you don't have, you know, it, I felt like I would have been very confused had I not learned about the nature of this thing in the McGann story. Yeah. I mean, there's enough there that would make me intrigued and I'd be, pleasantly surprised to learn about it in the McGann story, but I think knowing about it in advance helps me understand what's going on better. Yeah. Yeah. I also think the mystery element of the McGann story works better listening to it first. Yeah. I think if you went into it, knowing what this thing was, it, it might, might detract a little bit from, from the proceedings. I could be wrong. Because, well, I didn't. I listened to them again first. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, and when it's, you know, the mystery is also about Jasmine, too. So that part, at least, is not ruined by part two. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I found um, it, it's interesting in a way that this is the, the finale. Uh, because it, 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 it very much is a postscript to the time Lord Victoria's kind of, uh, it's a postscript and a prologue. Yeah. (laughs) In true doctor who fashion, it's the end, but it's also the beginning. Um, but it, uh, it's, I thought it set things up nicely and, and kind of tied them off nicely with a bow. It is one of the first ones that I feel like we've gotten. I, I have to be careful with how I say this an appropriate response from the doctor because one of my complaints uh, specifically with 10 throughout time lord victorious has been that he he's he's kind of risen to these manic highs but it's not it, it hasn't necessarily felt justified not like uh, you know waters of mars time lord victorious mm-hmm. and then to know that we still need to bring him back down for the rest of those specials, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough rope to walk. And for the most part, they did it, but it it just felt like there were a couple of moments throughout the run that have been, eh, that's not quite working for me. And why isn't he this? And then he needed to be very remorseful. And this one worked from the remorseful standpoint. This one, I think really kind of had a very good handle on, Look, I'm trying, okay? Right. And <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't even so much think it went far as far as showing so much remorse as a learned lesson. I think that he yeah, certainly Yeah, that's a good yeah. Yeah, I think he certainly realized uh that that what he did was wrong and it was a, a lesson learned for him. And so this I think story conveys that well enough. Yeah, and, and the Tenth Doctor is cocky enough that uh, he's only going to br- begrudgingly admit to learning that lesson. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, versus the Eighth Doctor, which I feel, that's another thing that I enjoyed is even though they weren't in this together, but how their 
two halves of the adventure kind of wound up playing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also 100% in love with the robot butler. <laughs> <laughs> Every story should have a robot butler. <laughs> From now on, this is a decree I'm making. And they all have to be voiced by this guy. <laughs> was that Edwards? Is that what is, was that the robot? Edwards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, Paul Clayton. Now I know that we had talked about this once upon a time. Keith, you're the name guy. Is this the gentleman who does the, um, uh, John Hurt impersonation? I don't think so. I don't was it know. just me? Or I, I, I very much thought this sounded like a John Hurt like it wasn't, it wasn't John Hurt, but especially at the beginning when uh, the the butler was talking uh, just to her, and it was it was it was it just I don't know it really felt like it was it was in there, and then the doctor shows up and it's not it's it's very much not a uh, not a direct impersonation of him, but it was close enough that I was like, eh, they should hire this guy if they're going to do more War Doctor stuff because he was good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get that at all. Um, me fact, neither. I didn't think he sounded anything like John Hurt. Um, he's Just me then. Okay. He's, he's done some other audio in the uh, uh, Big Finish ranges. Bernice Sermerfield. Uh, he did the Wormery. He's in done the a lot range. of Torchwood. Yeah. Uh, looks like though he was also in television. He was. Uh, he voiced uh, Ulysses uh, Marigrass in the Infinite Quest, and then he was Mister Bartle. He performed as Mister Bartle in uh, Planet of the Oods. So. Hmm. He's done some Doctor Who, but um, not. Uh, and then, as as Keith said, a lot of uh, Torchwood. But um, yeah, so no, that's that. That's totally not that guy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Far enough. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was really shocked because uh, I had read. I, well, I had looked at the cover, and I kept. I kept listening for berm gorman i kept because li- he's got a very distinct a very distinct voice and i yeah, kept i kept listening for him and i could not figure out who he was and i had to finally go to wikipedia to find out who which character he was playing and he was predominantly through the whole thing because he was the voice of the network they had put just enough of an audio effect on his voice that i could completely he, he did a fantastic job uh, in his performance but i could not tell that that was him at all yeah, well, same. I didn't Arthur even Darvel. know. Yeah, Arthur, Arthur Darvel. Oh, yeah. I picked out immediately as soon as we got to the fifth Doctor or the uh, fifth Doctor, the tenth Doctor story, and uh, it was Cook. Was it that he played when he yeah. when he first started talking? I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's Arthur Darvel because yeah, he's the other one that's that's uh, listed on the front of the. Yeah, and I didn't realize he was in it, so I didn't until once I realized he once I got to the bonus features and they talked to him about it i was like oh yeah that totally was him but yeah. at the time since i didn't know he was in it i just thought he was just some dude right yeah no i only had a heads up on both of those guys because i had seen the cover art before i listened so i knew i was listening for both of them and and like i say arthur darvel i picked up who he was right away but you know burn gorman i was listening for it and i just i was shocked to find out that that's who it was I knew well, Arthur Darvel was in it and picked him out uh, a little later uh, in the in the story. It wasn't immediate, but I did pick him out. I did not know Bern Gorman was in it until got into the, the, the making of stuff. And then he started talking. I was like, Bern wasn't in this. 
And then I even somehow miss his name in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, right. Oh my God. That was Burn Gorman. Yeah, wow. Right there at the bottom of the cover art. If you have the cover art, I don't know if you, if you've seen the cover art, but I see a tiny little picture of the cover art and that's yeah. it. Oh, I see. Yeah. It says featuring Burn Gorman, Catherine, uh, Drysdale and Arthur Dowell. Did you happen to listen to the behind the scenes, uh, I did bits. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the the interview with him I thought was particularly lovely when he just kind of gushed over finally getting to do Doctor Who proper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you know, Tor- Torchwood's great, but it's not enough. Well, it's because he yeah, all everybody had had always said how they'd how they'd been in Doctor Who, all the other guys that have played, and 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 of course most of them have, but he had not because in that after what was the second season he died. And they didn't end up crossing anything over it actually into the show until after that. So, I also knew that Mina Anwar was in it, but I could kind of figure out where she was. And then once I got to the bonus features, I it was confirmed for now, me. Now remind me, she was uh, what's her name on Sarah Jane Adventures? Uh, yeah, she was uh, Ronnie's, Ronnie's mom. mom. I can't remember. I couldn't remember, yeah. trying to remember her name. Gita, 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 Gita. Yeah, Gita. Okay. I, I, wow! I nice poll, Glenn. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm good with names, and sometimes I'm not. But some people's names stick out, and her name has always stuck out for me. So I just really enjoyed the story. I thought it was exceptionally well done. Um, I, I, I think I liked the Eighth Doctor segment better than than the Tenth Doctor one, but not. I mean, just I, I just think I'm, I'm, I I I gravitate probably more to that type of story, maybe than than the other. I don't know, but well, it's it seems that the stakes are higher in his story than they do by the time we come around to the tenth Doctor's story. Um, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that they, there's two different approaches from the character. The eighth doctor is very much, I'm going to stick around and I'm going to sort this out and I'm going to, you know, make sure there are no, no further deaths. And the 10th doctor is more of a get away from the situation and, and try to uh, keep the people closest to him out of danger and failing miserably. uh, Might I add, uh, but so I think that's why I like the eighth doctor's story because it felt like the stakes were higher, even though the doctor was, I don't want to say it was being more reckless was be, was being more bold and going in there. So, well, and I think that I like the eighth doctor story a little bit better also because of the mystery that's you're discovering of right. what's going on of what is this monster? Oh, it's not really a monster. And who is this woman? And why is she being basically held prisoner on this ship? And you kind of, see okay yes they are they have done bad things but for for at least in her mind good reason and then what's been happening with the messages has caused this creature to think it's a monster even though it wasn't originally and so there's a lot of nuance and subtlety and depth to the eighth doctor story where the tenth doctor story is mercenaries trying to find this weapon in order to sell it yeah yeah yeah. It's a lot more action. It's a lot more um, backdraft of what's happened previously, the the fallout, and it's so it's it's not quite as complex, and it's a bit more of a popcorn 
story, whereas the Eighth Doctor is more the meal. Yeah. Yeah. Very I good think analogy. It, it, it also gives us characters to be a little more sympathetic with. Uh, you you end up being more sympathetic with uh, the network and for uh, what's her name uh, because of the fact that they their backstory is somewhat tragic in the way they came about, how it became, how it came about to the, to the situation they are now. So you're a little bit sympathetic. You're not so sympathetic with the mercenary characters because uh, there's a lot of that greed involved. And that captain does continue to put forth as though very selfishly, you know, and in fact, when I think it's Cook that picks it out, this is well, you, you know, she keeps saying, when she kept emphasizing, she wasn't saying the number split three ways. She just kept saying the, the amount that they were going to get out of it. So. Yeah. So there's there's characters, I think, that, that you maybe, I don't know if sympathy is, is the right, but you at least empathize with them. And mercenaries are tough to write because they, they, they tend to fall into either inept or so... Short-sighted. You know. Yeah, very very disreputable and unlikable. Yeah. Or the oh, you have a heart of gold kind of fun ones. Right, right. I think it was a nice it was a nice wrap up, and of course we're going to talk a little bit more, you know, Time Lord Victorious as a whole next week. But I I thought it was a nice kind of you know wrap up, uh, maybe a nice crossing of the the t's and dotting the i's especially in as you had pointed out sean sort of bringing the 10th doctor down and bringing him sort of around full circle before yeah the next obvious step in, in his progression would be back into when the specials pick up in the series um but i also think it gives mcgann's doctor a lot of freedom to um to explore the character a little more and give us more of what we expect from McGann, but or from you know from the Eighth Doctor, but also you know make it almost solidifies his steadfastness with making sure that he corrects things and gets things done right. And I I like I really like the direction they've taken the Eighth Doctor, and this just keeps us on that that same path. Agreed. It's kind of interesting seeing where the Eighth Doctor is now and then stepping back and taking a bigger look at the Doctor as a person, you know, to see him here and then to see how far he's fallen to come back up from where he is at the the Tenth Doctor spot, the fact that of the Time War and then, you know, the Ninth Doctor and everything the Tenth Doctor went through also. It's kind of, it's makes it, putting the two characters together makes it an interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah. I like that uh, we kind of bring the uh, Eighth Doctor back around full circle to he's still trying to visit the 700 wonders of the universe <laughs> where we started in He Kills Me, He Kills Me Not. And he showed up and said, uh, so this isn't the Braxitol <laughs> collection? <laughs> Which I think if I've I'm, I've read somewhere that, that the Braxitol uh, collection is... Uh, uh, peppered throughout um, a lot of Big Finish and was started in, I think, a Theater of War, which was a uh, New Adventures novel. So I'll be interested to get there where hmm. where the uh, catal or not the catalyst, but the the genesis of the Braxton <laughs> collection was. Find out more about that. Wonderful, ever get there? <laughs> oh, I'll get there. I've been reading through the, through the New Adventures <laughs> stuff without you guys. So 
Oh, he, I just mean that he may not ever make it. To oh, no, he may not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't right. think he does. Yeah, I don't think you're, I think you're I mean, right. You're, you're taking it for granted just because the third Doctor did eventually make it to the Metabilis. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> well, and, and Braxtel, his his brother, right? We've learned that through Big Finish, is the, is the Doctor's brother. I think we've learned that. I think we've learned that... Uh, kind of on the outskirts of everything that we haven't really delved into that but i think that uh i think we've at least learned of that through some of the big finish audios we've listened to i believe you're correct i'm not going to commit to it but <laughs> well, it looks like the braxy tail collection was first mentioned in city of death oh it was in on the tv according to tardis wiki Oh, I do not remember that. I do not remember that brought up. Huh, I'll be darned. I mean, it's first seen later in a novel. I'll have to go back and, and uh, look that up. Maybe we have we have had the genesis of the at least the reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about on this uh, story before we... Uh, Start the close. Just that it was highly enjoyable and uh, good, a good one to go out on. Yeah, high marks. Yeah. Especially since we'd kind of gotten some stinkers there, uh, I think, towards the end of the Time Lord Victorious. This this sort of, yeah, as you say, brought us back to kind of a high mark, uh, a high point for it, for the, uh, the uh, event, I suppose. <laughs> All right, well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Oh, coming up on the schedule, we have our complete wrap-up of Time Lord Victorious will come next week. And with that, we will look at the video game, The Edge of Time. We will look at the immersive everywhere event, Time Fracture. And we will look at the final Eagle Moss hero collector, Time Lord Victorious and Brian the Ood. And uh, our special guest from over at Tardisos, Timothy Harvey, will join us for that discussion. So I expect uh, a lot of fun and a lot of trying to remember things. Uh, we'll get back into our Mucho Master with the First Doctor Adventures, uh, Episode 1, Box Set 1, The Destination Wars from Big Finish. And the second issue of the uh, currently ongoing, well, currently, what is it, a four-issue run of uh, the Missy comic book from Titan Comics, written by Jody Hauser. And then back to Big Finish for the Ninth Doctor Adventures. We're going to do the entire Ravagers set, one, two, and three. And then, uh, well, you choose what we do next, because it's another Lost in Time, but we have set it up for Voter's Choice. So make sure you get on and uh, do the poll thing and let us know what you want to see and hear of the ones that are left. Oh, and then uh, there's a, a, I don't know, an epiversary or something. It's got a big number in it. I can't, tell. <laughs> I can't count that high. I ran out of fingers and toes. So Yeah, be sure you check on the uh, polls that we have on our website, on Facebook, and on... Uh... Did I put it somewhere else? I think that was it. Our Facebook and our uh, on our website. Website, yeah. Uh, and and vote for uh, which one you want to see us do. Um, those polls are there, and we'll probably close those out here coming up soon. So act fast and get your vote in. 
And then uh, be sure to check our website for updates on this tra- on this uh, podcast. You can find that at travelingthevortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that on our patron link uh, by clicking on our patron link and consider supporting us there. Thank you to those who already are. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe to this podcast to help us in the ratings, recommendations, and make sure you join in on the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook so you can engage with other listeners and share your thoughts and insights with us and others on that forum. Anything else we need to uh, talk about before we close this show? That'll wrap it up. If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.